The following podcast is recommended for mature audiences only. The following podcast is recommended for adults only. Maturity is not a requirement. Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Dear Download, a podcast where we get to share our most intimate and treasured memories of Download Festival. We'll talk about each year, the bands we saw, the bands we missed and everything else noteworthy that happened across the weekend. Also we'll touch on any news, other festivals and the music industry past, present and future. I'm Adam and I'm here with Simon and this week we have a very special guest with us, Adam Leader. He's the frontman of the band In Search of Sun, who played at Download 2016, and he's here to talk to us about what it's like to play at Download Festival. He's here with us for the whole episode, so we'll have him in all the other sections of the show as well. Simon, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm awesome, as always. What about you, Leader? I'm very well, man. Thank you for having me. Good, no worries. Thank you for coming on. So I can say at this episode, Leader, what have you been up to since birth? (laughs) just growing up man just growing up <laughs> no we've um obviously had a really nice couple of weeks of weather been up to much in the sun this last couple of weeks do you know what not not much really uh well apart from just sweltering and and just i don't really like hot weather i've always been a fan of cold as as most people call miserable but i'm not miserable same. in miserable weather yeah simon's the same like, I, I love it man like the just those the long nights the the um when it right like today it absolutely pissed it down and it's been amazing like yeah i love cold weather it's all about winter and christmas for me cool i was thinking about the thunderstorms it hasn't actually got to us here yet but all the people from london were like oh it's thunderstorm but here it's fine what about where you are adam we haven't really had anything either our west side of the country we haven't got it yet you guys down south have already got it. That's why you should move back home, Simon. <laughs> he's gonna keep. So he's gonna get that on a t-shirt and just walk around, download with it on, saying, "Bring Simon back home." Start handing out leaflets that I'm missing or something. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> cool. What about you, Simon? You've been up too much since we last spoke. Um, not too much really. Just um, yeah, just chilling. I've been playing more old school games. I started playing Red Faction on the PS2 today. That's um, awesome. One that I never played at the time so i was really happy to do that also i've taken up bouldering which is like indoor climbing without harnesses and i right. have the oh, biggest wicked. blisters on my hands it is oh. <laughs> really hard but it's also one of the funnest things i've ever done and the workout you get from it is just disgusting i've never been yeah. so sweaty as i was after climbing for like an hour and a half it was crazy and when i spoke to the guy there he's like yeah People here, they don't even go to the gym. He's like, they come here like two, three times a week and they're absolutely ripped. He's like, it's really? such a full body workout. And I yeah. mean, I was dying and these people were doing all the hard climbs. I was trying to do all the easy ones to begin with. Man, some of these guys hanging on with the tiny little edge of their fingers, pulling their whole weight up, jumping up and then putting their hand on something else that's really high and pulling themselves up. Crazy. Sounds fun, I look like man. such an amateur. Love to have yeah. Oh, dude, you should. It's it's easy. Anyone can do it. And, you know, you've got crash mats under you. So if you fall off, you know, you're only going to land on crash mats. Nothing's going to happen to you. Yeah. But, yeah, oh, I recommend going even for, like, one session. It's so much fun. I, I absolutely loved it. But, yeah, that's awesome. it, really. That's all I've been doing. I've been bouldering. Oh, and I got really drunk last night. 
I say this every time. Every time we do the podcast, I'm always hungover because <laughs> it's always on a Sunday. <laughs> hey, it's all good. So apart from that, I'm, yeah. I'm good, man. What about you? I don't think I'd enjoy bouldering. I haven't got the upper body strength and I'd probably injure myself falling off onto the crash mats. <laughs> Even though they're soft, I probably would still injure myself somehow. There's ways they teach you how to fall if you're like falling off so you fall safely. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, so you don't have to worry about that. But yeah, okay, don't do it maybe. Do you like <laughs> no. heights? Are you a fan of heights? I'm not the biggest fan. They're okay. Because no, they can get quite high. What about you, Lida? I can't remember if you're a fan of heights or not. Oh, I love heights, man. I, like, I okay, love, good. I love, um, I get that, I get that. That like tingly feeling in in my balls, isn't it? You know, like when you're, <laughs> when you're like when you're up really high. Like roller coasters yeah. are different because you're sort of safe or whatever. But if you like, I love climbing trees and stuff. So um, me and my girlfriend, we <clears throat> we we go for walks sometime in two in common. And like, there's nice. so many big trees there that I like. I'll I'll just climb. I love climbing trees, so I climb. And there's this one I got so high, like. I don't know, like one and a half times the height of an average house in the UK. It was so high. <clears throat> and I remember getting to the top and just my willy just started feeling really funny, innit? <laughs> just get that feel when 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 you've got no protection anywhere, like just get that feeling in, in I think in, anyone in... could understand that. I think I don't know what the feeling for women where where they get it, but if you're a guy, it's like when you're a kid and you went too high on the swings, you'd get this really weird sensation in like the yeah. lower part of your body. And that's, yeah, that's it. I get the same thing. If I'm too high, <laughs> it's scary, man, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I can link into that. There's um, d- Leader, did you ever go to Sonosphere? I never actually, no, I didn't get a chance to go to that. No. So, so I went, um, they actually had buses to go to the, the local Tesco, I think it was. And on the bus, it went under this, um, it was like an underpass. But it just, you know, when you go over a bridge and you feel it in your stomach, yeah, it's the yeah. opposite going down. And apparently, oh. all the women felt it. They they all felt it in a nice way. I, I have no idea. But uh, yeah, the women I was with said, oh, yeah, every woman here enjoyed that. Whoa, <laughs> oh, so they, they felt it down in the, in the similar area as well, in the crotch region. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. There's got to be a name for that. There's got to be a name for that sort of thing that happens. There must be. We'll have to look it up. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. The hinges. I, I call it the hinges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a feeling that you get when, like, well, like it, like I've used it since I was a kid. But like, you know, when if you feel like there's like something behind you, or like someone is actually behind you trying to like scare you or something, or like breathing right next to your shoulder, and it sends a little shiver like down your down your spine. I've always yeah. called that the hinges. Me and my sister call it the hinges. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, not that there it's were weird. many people cool. breathing over our shoulders as children or anything <laughs> like that. But, you know. No, but I get you. I, mean, I know what you mean. That feeling like someone's behind you and then you're like, oh! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, my, um, yeah, my couple of weeks. I've got a bit of an update on the d and I don't know if... Uh, I know you probably won't mean much to you, Simon, because uh, you said you don't play it, but um, I said we're in a bad place. We managed to survive just about. Just for the listeners at home, because they might be interested. Yeah. We, we found ourselves in a Mind Flayers hive. And uh, we, we managed to escape. Uh, only one person died. But apparently there was a lot of things in that place that could have just outright killed us. So uh, oh. we were lucky to lucky to get out. Nice. Yeah. It always sounds awesome when people talk about D&D. Like I said to you before, it's always something that I've wanted to do. Because it just sounds so awesome. 
And I know there's been such a like reprise in it now. It's got so much bigger. Like it, obviously everything goes through dips, but now it's it's really popular again. It's a res- yeah, it's like a massive resurgence, and it's cool again. Yeah, for a long time it was only geeks that played it, but um. Well, I think you know there. I don't think there's such things as nerds anymore or geeks no. because everyone I know is one. Everyone's yeah. like either a music nerd or a gaming nerd or a film nerd or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like we're all nerds in some way so it's kind of weird because that become the norm now when you get someone who's like really normal that's really weird that's yeah. weirder than people that are weird it's just become the general sort of thing now isn't it i agree yeah yeah, yeah. i mean leader's one of the weirdest people i've ever met in my life so <laughs> <laughs> that's confirmed <laughs> but when we're together we are oh. one weird entity the weirdness gets way out of hand the amount we used to make these little like movies he had the video camera and we used to make these tiny little like horror films and like comedy skits and stuff i don't know what the hell we were on man but we, we came up with the funniest stuff i still got them man yes. <laughs> I, was, I was watching the other day so we we, <laughs> we made this film so me simon um simon's brother adam or bondy as we call him i don't know if you've met him adam but it's another adam in the another. we've talked yeah. about we get him on <laughs> we've talked about him because they, they both work for raw mail yeah. <laughs> oh nice yeah we we both we made this film at, um an old friend uh eric uh we made it at his house once we used to go over there a lot and uh used to just yeah we made these these crazy short films and there was this one film where me and adam were he was like he was like a gangster and i was this really shit irishman <laughs> for some reason and like we, 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 this was the one i watched the other day simon and we turned up to the house and simon's in there with a hunchback he's going playing his guitar <laughs> and he invites us in and then him and eric are like these two weird hosts and there's absolutely just no there's no point to the story or anything like oh it's just, there's just and we invite just them to stay around it's like a weird hotel and then we yeah. like tuck them into bed really weird <laughs> And they're like that, like tucked into the bed, and we're like, "Oh yeah, two of them, we got them." <laughs> and so... it just cuts. It cuts to late at night, and me and Adam are just in bed, and then we're like, "Oh, it's a bit hot. Let's let's take the the quilt off." And we took it off, and Simon's just in there going, <laughs> and "Then it ends." <laughs> oh. Yeah. See, now that is the definition of weird and weird people. It sounds it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of hosts. You also made a film as well, didn't you, Lida? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> it's a, a, a well, we were, we were sort of, I think before we started recording, we were chatting about YouTube channels briefly. And uh, yeah, that was off the back of a YouTube channel, actually. Me and my friend Rich, we, we made a, a YouTube channel called Dark Fable Media. And we, we started releasing weekly content about, it was basically just teaching people. Well, I, and I tread lightly by saying teaching because we, we didn't take ourselves seriously at all, but it was teaching about like low budget, like indie filmmaking and stuff and how you can essentially make films with very, very little equipment and lighting and stuff. And we ended up garnering like it was, albeit it was a small fan base in the grand scheme of things, but a really dedicated fan base of subscribers of uh, a few thousand. And after trying to go down the normal avenues of, of, film funding which i guess the, the norm would be to approach an investor and the investor will give you mm. i don't know whether it's 
25 grand, which is what we were looking for. Or if it's 25 million, you know, they'll give you the money and then they, they receive certain, the same way a normal investment works. But because we hadn't had anything just to prove to them, because we hadn't done anything in the past, it was really hard to, to get an investor on board. So we asked our subscribers who we, for, for the better part of a year, we built up this trust or like rapport with them that they could see that we were good at what we did even though we were absolute morons on the channel they could see we were good at what we do and we yeah. asked them if they want to make smaller invest investments into the film in return for the same thing which would be a share in the film's profits and uh yeah we raised 25 grand that way and then we shot a full-length feature film and sold it and yeah it's nuts and it's yeah it's cool nice. yeah so sick that's awesome and I assume you made enough money to, for everybody who invested, evened out or made profit from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's pretty pretty much, man. Like everyone, nice. everyone got their money back and then some more. And now since then, it's just been doing the rounds. In came out in a, it was from selling it off the back of selling it to America was how we essentially managed to pay everyone back who invested. And since then, it's uh, come out in the UK, Japan. Germany, I actually Germany is either this month or next month, strangely, uh, and then a couple of other countries as well. Yeah, it's cool, man. So, yeah, it's really cool. I don't, that, I don't know what else. It's just nice. Yeah, just nice. no, that's yeah. fucking insane, man. That is, that is cool. That is very cool that you've made your own film and made a profit from it as well. That's awesome. Yeah, man. It's not. I tell you what, this guy is literally one of the most hardest working people I know. Oh, you know, at one time it. he was doing YouTube. <laughs> He was doing the film. He's doing stuff for the band. He literally, this guy does not stop. He can't stay still for two minutes. He's got to be doing something, which is always a good thing because, you know, it's good. Your output's out there. Do you know what I mean? You're out there in the movie world. Obviously, the band's sick, so you're in that Aww. world as well. And then, you know, I like the way that you can sort of dip your fingers in all the pies and just see, oh, I'll do this. I'll try that as well. Yeah. I'll do this. And, you know, some of it goes well. Some of it goes bad. But, yeah, it's just nice to have your hands in all of these Little bits, man. You're too kind, man. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you're scum, but yeah, oh, I know you're, that. Yeah, but, but you're talented. You're that. talented scum, so it's fine. <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> Moving on to some news. Uh, my music enlightenment is currently on hold because I'm pretty sure I'm only going to be listening to Iron Maiden until the third of September. Okay, that's fair enough. Because obviously, yeah, Senjutsu. Is coming out. Shall I? Shall I? Shall I be honest with you? That new single, I, I, I did not like it. Really? I did not think it was anything special. Maiden have dropped all. a new track. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Um. So we, so we spoke in the last episode that uh, they put a video out inviting people to Belshazzar's feast, and it was yeah the fifteenth of July. They released it on YouTube. Uh, they premiered it. I was in the first like fourteen, fifteen thousand who watched it live, <laughs> uh, which was I enjoyed that. I don't know. I've just got a lot of hype for this new one. I didn't seem to care too much about the Book of Souls. I don't know why. I don't know what was going on at the time, but um, yeah, I, I, it was like a good couple of years until I listened to it all the way through mm. um, after it was released. But yeah, just so much hype for this one. So I think hype is a big thing behind being into bands as well. I didn't like Book of Souls either, at all. You didn't? Nope. I didn't like uh, Final Frontier. Didn't like that either. You didn't like Didn't like that. A Matter of Life and Death. I literally haven't liked an Iron Maiden album 
since Dance of Death. And even that one is in my lowest Iron Maiden album. When was that? Rankings. When was Dance of Death? What year was that? 2003. Like, that... Oh my God. Shit, that was nearly 20 years ago. That's insane. Yeah, dude, honestly, the yeah. stuff they've done past that just hasn't gelled with me at all. I've listened many occasions. Nope, none of it. Doesn't do anything for me. It's really weird. Well, this is going to be interesting then, because uh, you, you said to me the other day that we should do a top 10 Iron Maiden album list, and, and I said we'd, we'd do a top, top 10 track as well. Yeah. And so when, when it does release on the, the episode closest uh, closest to the 3rd of September, we should do just a full yeah. Iron Maiden episode. I've already done my top 10 albums in preparation. <laughs> yeah, I've done top 10 albums, and then I've done least favorite album. So do your yeah. top 10. And then do like a separate one for your least favorite Maiden album. And then we'll go through those. And it'll be okay. interesting to see. Yeah. You know, I'll do number nine, number t- uh, number 10. Then you do number 10. Then I'll do yeah. number nine. Then you do number And we'll see how we compare. Because they might not match up at all. Or we might I have... I don't think they it, will. I don't think That's they will That's why either. it's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. I don't have any other news. Do you have any other news? um nothing i'm just uh, i again i know i say this every time but i'm just absolutely buzzing for bloodstock yes i can't i can't wait it's getting closer and closer and whenever they put up like it's just like before download isn't it when they put up like the three weeks to go or four weeks to go and you just start oh yes so yeah yeah i'm I'm just buzzing for bloodstock i can't wait to go can't wait that's it really i don't have any news it's the news of me being excited that's the news (laughs) well um if that's all the news then should we um should we get Ronnie in here and see what he's got to say? Yeah, yeah. bring him, him in. Have him lead us into this this week's main topic. Bring, bring in, in the Ronnie. <laughs> bring in Ronathan. Send for me down Cool. So yeah, um, as as I said earlier, uh, we're we're chatting to. Um, Adam Leader, he's in he's in the band In Search of Sun, who played at Download 2016. I gave a bit of an intro. Do you want to give a a bit more, maybe Simon, because you you obviously know him, known him for many years now. There might be might have been some bits that I missed. Well, as you said, we're going to speak to Leader about Download because me and him had been as fans for so many years, and for for us to see him on stage and obviously we'll get his thoughts on this as well it was was absolutely mind-blowing so uh, you you won't believe the amount he looked like he wanted to cry when he walked on stage that's how happy he was so i did i did cry (laughs) see (laughs) there you go but that's it there's no real intro man let's just ask this guy some questions man let's do it cool do you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself a little bit about the band Sort of the generalization, what kind of music you are, when you started, how long you've been going for, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so In Search of Sun was, uh, it's been around for like a, a decade now, essentially, or just over. Um, after after I left school, I, I was I spent years trying to form a band and it just for one reason or another, it just never worked out until 2010, where I met Dave, the guitar player from the band, and we started riffing together and, and stuff. And then in comes Faz, the bass player, and then and then the rest of them followed. And by 2011, we were a full lineup, played our first show in April of 2011, and since then have just been on this uh, very, very peculiar journey of uh, 
lots of ups and lots of downs and lots of in-betweens as well and uh yeah so that's it and then yeah two albums two albums under our belt um 2014 was our first album the world is yours and then 2017 was our second album virgin funk mother and now we're in the midst of writing a a bunch of new songs ready for a 2022 release and that's kind of all i can say on that at the moment but look out (laughs) because it's going to be cool Oh, I like that. I've listened to so many podcasts where they got people on and, and they've got secrets. So now we've actually got someone on who's got secrets he can't tell yeah. us. That's this guy's awesome. got loads of secrets, trust me. <laughs> he's got loads of them. You're never going to get him out of him. He's like a he's like a vault, man. You've got to have the keys. You've got to have the codes. You've got to open it. You've got to get in there, man. He ain't the, gonna vault, let out. the vault of disappointment. <laughs> oh. That's why. That's why. <laughs> So yeah, we might as well start from the start right at the beginning. How did you get booked? How far in advance did you know? And I don't know. I don't know if it was through an agent or if you had a manager at the time. Uh, but how did you and the rest of the band find out? It, actually, it's kind of simple, really. We well, first of all, we knew about it for I'd say about a good a good few months before we were allowed to announce it, and that was the, that was the hardest part. That was the worst because yeah. like. As soon as I found out, I was like, oh, fuck, I get to go back because in 2010 was my last year. And I remember being there with Simon, as usual, going, I just can't do this anymore. I cannot go back to download unless I'm playing it. It was it was it became painful huh. for me to to be there just watching bands when as, as enjoyable as that was. But I was like, I, I need I need to be on stage. I need to play it. This is it's just too hard. I'm just. I'm essentially just self-harming by being there. So <laughs> yeah. I didn't do it. And and the following year, 2011, I, I started the band. And then fast forward some boring shit that no one wants to really hear about. We got to play it in 2016. So we, we got the offer. Uh, and at the time, we were... Uh, we just released, not long before that, the first single off of what would become... Um, our second album so the follow-up album to the world is yours um called virgin funk mother which came out under spine farm records in 2017 so we released the first single at like the end of 2015 i think which was elevation and we had spine farm like keeping a close eye on us at the time and i think there was just this general uh buzz if you want to call it that around the band within the industry that that then got the attention of certain people at, at download i don't know if it was you know andy copping himself or another promoter i have no idea but it got the attention of them and that's when we got the offer which was awesome so it was kind of like all these different things from different areas kind of met and it's like this person's talking about them that person mentioned them to this guy the other day and then this guy spoke to this girl and she said <laughs> this to them and all of a sudden the industry's like yeah they're worth putting on so we we, we got the offer um which was just incredible and um yeah then we announced it which was great and i kind of got to laugh at a few people purely in the sense of you said i would never ever ever play this now look that was nice i got got to gloat for a moment which was cool but yeah that's essentially how we got it i guess it was just a mixture of it was just a case of, of doing everything we needed to do to to be relevant enough or have enough buzz about us within the industry for them to say yes it's worthwhile putting these guys on the bill so yeah yeah. awesome i'm not sure when 
when exactly it was I've heard it, but I think I've heard that some bands have to buy their own tickets. They get booked to play, but they still have to buy their own tickets to, to go. Did you have to buy your own tickets or...? Uh, I, no, yeah, we we were lucky enough not not to. We we were okay. We had we had access to like the whole thing, which was which was awesome for, okay. the, for the whole weekend. I, um, I might have heard wrong then. Uh, just, yeah, because uh, that you, you came to our campsite and saw us and everything, so you yeah. had access to the whole festival because we were at our campsite, yeah. and then he came over. So I'm guessing there's probably some bands that have to. I don't know why they would do that, but if you're playing. How dread would that be? You, you get to play downloads and they expect you to buy your own ticket. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah, it's not yeah. download I heard it about. Maybe it was somewhere else. Maybe it was like Glastonbury or something. Mm. I'll tell you I'll tell you something about download, right? That if <laughs> we'll probably never get asked to come back after this, but I'm gonna tell you anyway, because it's a bit of juicy, <laughs> juicy gossip. But so no, like so when so we played Download UK in 2016, right? And um I remember obviously the whole thing was surreal for me it was like a, a huge goal for me to 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 play that and it was it was one of the greatest days of my life but you know on, on the day it was, it was so funny because we're in accreditation area and we're getting our wristbands and all, all, all the all that stuff and we get take it all, all of our gear gets put all our backline gets put on this this van or like this little truck that gets taken to the stage which was cool because it was the first time in at that point like five years of our career where we didn't have to carry our backline to the stage. Yeah, Simon, though, cool, like being in bands and stuff, you that's have to do it. Awesome. Yeah. So we were like, Oh, this is great. We feel like rock stars. And then, then we got in these little, uh, like golf caddy things that they took us to the stage. And we, we played the dog tooth stage. They, they took us there and they took us, like they drove us through, uh, the, the race, the Donington race track, like across there. It was just fucking crazy, man. But then we got to the backstage bit. And we had about, I think, 30 minutes or so until we were uh, scheduled to, to play. So the other band was still playing. They had a couple of songs left and they showed us to our trailer. And this this was our trailer, okay? It was this little caravan that was like beaten to shit. And it had these little like three metal steps that go into it. And it had In Search of Sun printed on a piece of paper on, on the door, right? <laughs> we go in and there's five members in the band, okay? There's five of us. We went in. There were four cans of cider <laughs> and a fruit bowl with like one banana in. <laughs> it was so, and that's when we were like, "Oh shit, we got a lot of work to do with this band. We have got, we've got a long way to go." So, but then the following year, no, it was, it was like, no, I think it was 2018. So 2018, we got kindly offered uh, from Download Paris to go and play there. So we went to do Download Paris. And in there, right, I shit you not, it is five-star treatment, whether you're a small band like us or you are Dave Grohl, who was there that year, right? Like, it's crazy. Everyone gets the same size tent. All the all the bands, they're all, like, in this sort of square shape in this little village thing, like, backstage in the artist area. There's a Michelin restaurant that's, like, just a buffet that anyone and everyone can go into. There's tattoo parlors, for all the artists, there's free massages, there's haircuts, there's oh beer word. on tap. It was ridiculous. Fuck and there's me. just endless amounts of food, fruit, beer, all these crazy services and stuff. And uh I just remember laughing because like comparing this to, to download <laughs> oh, yeah. in the UK was just That's that's like night and day, man. That is like two opposite ends of the scale. 
Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. I, I just found it funny, man, you know. But saying that, Download UK was was certainly the best day, single day of my career. That was just ridiculous. It was really yeah. good. So it's not a question I've written down, but um, so I take it they didn't actually ask if you wanted a rider or anything like that. No, nah, they don't. No. They don't. Uh, unless 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 you're an important band, they won't yeah. ask you what you want. You oh, don't yeah. get to. You don't get to choose. <laughs> Cool. I did look up what day it was you played, uh, but I can't remember now. Was it the Friday? I think it was the Friday. Yeah. Friday. It yeah. was. Um, and did were you camping there as well? Did you go that year? Did you arrive like on the Wednesday with a lot of other people? Or I think actually we we turned up on the Friday, so we didn't okay. we didn't go before, but we turned up on, or at least I, I and a couple of others did. I'm not sure if thinking about enough, some of the other band members went earlier, but. Yeah, we we turned up on the Friday and then we stayed until yeah uh, Sunday night or Monday morning. Because it's got to be uh, that toss up of do I arrive fresh to play or do I want to mm-hmm. have a couple of days drinking first and soaking in the atmosphere? Probably not yeah, if no, you've got to sing. Yeah, no, no idea. drinking, no drinking for me before a performance, man. That although I did actually find myself having, I don't really drink anyway, but I did find myself having to drink before about half and about no about 15 minutes before i went on i drank this like half a bottle of red wine because <laughs> one if i'm gonna drink something it will be red wine i know simon likes red wine as well love it yeah but i had flu i had some sort of flu that year and i also had horrible hay fever as well right at the, at the same time so i was fucked man and like I had to perform when I was sick, obviously. So I thought the only thing that's going to maybe help loosen me up a bit is is booze. So I had like yeah. half, a, half a bottle of wine, and I, I don't. I, yeah, I think it, it maybe it helped a bit. Maybe I wasn't thinking about the uh, fact that I sounded like a dying cat that much after drinking it. But you know, who knows? Yeah. Well, I was just, it's so interesting getting a little bit of insight from you, dude, because obviously it was great being there and seeing you from the stage. It was just so surreal to see, you know, me and you have stood next to each other at Download watching so many bands and to be at the barrier and then just see you come on. And obviously I know all the rest of the guys in the band for a long, long time as well. It was just so crazy to see you all up there and actually doing it. It was lovely, man. I had had the biggest smile on my face the whole time. So did you. You looked so happy. But I was going to say, you had the best thing ever because, well, it's funny that your band name is In Search of Sun because as soon as you started playing, it started raining and it didn't stop the whole weekend. Yeah. I'm telling you this, right? They're like second oh, track. Oh, that was 2016, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they were Drown into load. like their second track. Yeah. Right? And this is the thing, right? The tent when they started playing was quite full. It was quite packed, but it wasn't like jam packed. But then it started raining and the tent when they were playing was, li- you could not get any more people in it. It was such yeah. a ah. blessing because yeah. it just packed out. And I was, I looked back and I was like, this tent is full, literally full of people. Did you notice that on stage, dude? I did. I, I remember actually, I, I think, I think it started raining just before we played, I think. And I remember... Oh, was it just before? Oh, okay. I, I think it was just before because the way I remember it was, so we got, we got backstage and we had to wait and stuff until our slot. So I did my thing and I'm trying to warm up and I drank my wine and all, all that shit. And all of a sudden it's like, right, you, your set starts in two minutes. You have to start in two minutes. So we got onto the stage and I remember seeing like looking out into the audience and there was like a few hundred people in there, which 
is a lot of people, but in the grand scheme of things, it looks like there's hardly anyone in there because it was a large, a large uh, yeah, it's quite audience a area. Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember turning around with my back facing the audience just and just warming up quietly, doing some lip bubbles and all that shit that, that you do before warming up. And I just went into my own little world for for a minute or so. And just as we were about to start, I turned back around and it was pissing down with rain and the entire tent was full. And I remember like yeah. my Where the my, fuck did you come from? <laughs> my my bowels just dropped, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I, went, I went, oh fuck. But um on the upside, I remember seeing Simon and a couple of other people there in the crowd. And that kind of just took all the fear away, honestly. Like I, yeah. I looked at Simon and Donald and Tanya was there and I was like I'm I'm happy, man. This is great, man. It's like my friends are out there. This is wicked. So yeah, it just sort of it anchored the, uh... you a little bit. It's like they're here. I can do it. Yeah, yeah. awesome, yeah. man. That must oh, have been such a so cool. cool. Yeah, that must have been such a cool. That like to see, you know when you they show the cameras on stage and you see the what the singer sees. It it must just look like a different world. And because we've had such a history with the festival, you must have been feeling about a million emotions at once. Do I cry? Oh, Do I break down? Can I even sing? Like I'm supposed to sing as well. You know what I mean? That's what you must have been thinking. I gotta perform. It, it was, yeah, it was it was just the most surreal thing ever. Like I, I I couldn't tell you what else I felt besides nervous, anxious, happy sad and scared like there were like a million other emotions it was crazy yeah it, it was nuts it was the greatest day ever man and it was really nice to see my boy simon out there in the crowd <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> it was great it was so surreal man i still look back on that day and think wow what amazing literally absolutely incredible and afterwards we had such a good time just hanging out i remember that night when we were just drinking and fucking around and we were just like you were in literally the best mood I don't think the smile removed from, even though the weather was crap, the smile did not remove from your face the entire time you were there. It was just like <laughs> ear to ear. That you just play download, you can't get any like better than, well, I mean, unless you play like main stage, but even playing download on any stage is. Yeah, nuts nothing will ever beat that first time. Like, I, yeah. I don't care if, you know, if, I don't know, fast forward 10 years and if we're lucky enough to play like. Let's just dream for a second. Let's say one day we headlined the main stage. Nothing would still come close to, to 2016. Yeah. It's that, that, that breaking the virginity and just playing on that stage and just seeing your friends out there for the first time and going, fuck, I finally <laughs> managed to play on a stage at Download is is just, yeah, nothing nothing has beaten it. Nothing, nothing ever Well, another will, thing I, I wanted to ask you was this is a question that me and Adam talk about all the time. Bands play download, and it's obviously a, a good experience. But did it actually do anything for the band? Did you see an upturn in listeners? Did you find you had more attention? Did it actually, you know, because I'm sure some bands play, and it it doesn't affect the band in any way. They've just played download, and you can only sort of use that on your CV for a certain amount of time. You couldn't go up to a, a promoter now and said, "Yeah, we played download in 2016," because that's not really relevant anymore because it's in the past. So yeah. did it did it do any did you notice anything that it done for the band at all? Honestly, I uh that year I don't really think so because our main focus particularly at the time we weren't really monitoring Spotify streams or anything like that. We we weren't monitoring stuff like that. We were all very naive to it to be honest and um but we our our sole focus was to convince 
the label to sign us. So yeah. our primary focus for that year was to to go and play it and and play the best show that we possibly could and film it as well, which we did. And we've got the pro shot footage of, I think, four songs, which we put together. And then we presented that to the contact at the label and said, look, following nice. a, a really good download performance where the entire tent was filled. Thank you, weather, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so we had all this ammunition to then give the label. And I, I think that was, I think there was a rep from the label there that had come to see us anyway. So it all kind of, the kind of the, what I was talking about earlier with all these different things, you have to try and put as many things yeah. in place to kind of happen at the same time. And yeah. And that, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, that, I think that's really cool. I, I, mean, I, I've never been in that kind of position where I'm obviously playing at download, but to actually think ahead and think how you can use this to sort of springboard yourself onto something else instead of just going, we're playing download. This is amazing. Let's go and kill it. You know? I think that's pretty awesome. I think you have to you have to always be thinking at least six months ahead, being yeah. in a band or even making films as well, or any any kind of creative endeavors. You have to think ahead. You have to think what's next because the moment you release either whether it's a single or if you release an album, that is it. You have to know what is next. You have to know how you're going to push this particular song or this gig or this PR campaign for. You have to know when it ends. You have to know when the next one starts. You have you have to you have to make it happen. Like there's yeah. no there's no luck in in this industry at all, man. Like everyone makes their own luck, but there's that's a lot cool. of lot of work that you got to put into it and sacrifice. And I think that's where I don't know, man. I think that's where a lot of bands tend to give up when they realize actually there is no luck. It's not how it is in the movies, or it's not how it is maybe back in the 80s or, or the early 90s where someone does just catch you at a show and go, oh, okay, we're going to sign you. Here, we're going to give you a huge yeah, deal. Yeah, it yeah. It ain't like that anymore, man. You've got to make your own luck because there are a million other people doing it. And yeah, you have to stand out. And, and the way to stand out is to treat it like a business and, and yeah. run it yourself. I like that. See, that's that's something I've never known. Just coming from Just coming from a small town, you know, we don't really... I don't know anybody who has got to that sort of level. But yeah, I, th I think naturally we will attract the people that are in bands, in smaller bands, you know. Uh, I've said on, on the show before, loads of people can interview the the big guys, the, the big bands. But who's actually given the advice of the up and coming bands of how to get there? You know, I've never heard anything like that in my life. So I think we'll naturally, because, because we're the little guys, we're not, me and Simon, we're not in the big bands or being in bands like um, I've noticed a lot of sort of musicians do their own podcasts like the Fozzy one you told me about. Mm -hmm. We're the little guys looking out for the little guys and hopefully telling them and talking to people that have gone through this journey. It makes sense, man. I know exactly what you mean. I agree. I agree with you. There's there's no... When you're in bands, there's no there's no map to follow. There's no guide to follow. You can look at other bands and get from there, but unless you get, you know, a manager or someone that's done it before, you kind of have to figure it out yourself. And I guess you get to a level when you kind of know what to do. Like I know leaders the sort of person that will plan, like he said, you know, you plan what you're going to do next. It's not about what's done now, it's what you're going to do next, but no one can tell you that. I mean, dude, I'm sure it took you years to figure that out for yourself. Oh, a hundred percent, man. Because like up up until whenever the the 
the wheels change direction and and yeah. you know we got on the kind of right path of, of always planning ahead it was always right well let's get this done and then let's put everything into releasing this and just think and you know we were young man we were you know fucking 20 21 year old kids i guess at the time you know it was it was 10 years ago so we thought yeah we'll get lucky we might get lucky but realistically and i hate to say it but the music ain't enough it, it's not it's not enough with the music it's about everything else that supports that music and it's about the people who play that music and if again i hate to say this because i come from metal man you know i grew up on metal and, and as simon knows but if if you're in a metal band and you're just playing standard metal and you're five or four or five guys or whatever in you know wearing suicide silence t-shirts or slipknot t-shirts bands we all love but you just look like the rest of them and mm. you're playing music that seems to just be keep getting regurgitated more and more and more nowadays. So there's nothing really you could make. Like there's so many bands out there that play metal. I'm talking about, you know, heavy metal, which is the hardest yeah. music to sell because it's such a niche audience. But without having something else to kind of promote the people that actually play it, like a story or your own personalities or whatever, or an image, it's yeah. not going to go that far and it and it and it it sucks that it is that way but it kind of is that way you have to have something else it's kind of like um it's like a brand you need to make yourself a brand and that's what it's all about now you know if you're doing a youtube you know you know yourself if you're doing films or anything you need to like get all of your stuff in one place and have a brand that you can basically sell to people to say this is us yeah 100% man 100% it's uh, it's all it's it has to be the way, man. You you have to treat the the band that you're in like it is a brand. You know, yeah. you you have to look at it and go, do I want like it is is can I see can I see people wearing this t-shirt or am I just am I just looking at something that I like that I think is cool or am I I yeah. need to think on this at, as a wider level and a lot of people you know it's okay they might say well we just want to play gigs we're not looking at it and and on a huge grand scheme of things which is totally fine but there are so many bands that i've seen that play a show that no one turns up to and let's face it we've all done shows like that and it's fine mm. and sometimes they're, they're the best shows i love those shows but yeah. no one turns up to them and then they'll come home and take to the internet and blame the world for their problems and blame everyone else as to why no one turned up and it's kind of like well you're expecting other people to do you favors you're expecting luck you're expecting to play that one amazing show which you probably yeah. did because you're really good but no one like the world doesn't owe anyone a favor like you have to do the work that's supposed yeah. to support it you have to be always thinking ahead and well you've you've played every type of gig you know you've you've played to a room with no one in and then you've played to a, a, a packed fucking download audience so you've done it all <laughs> in between in it half a room no one in the room all, all oh man, stuff. we yeah. we 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 drove all the way to um, fuck. Where was it? I think it was Nottingham. We we played this tiny, tiny little bar in Nottingham a few years ago, and we literally played to the band that played before us and the sound engineer. That was it. Like <laughs> that's all we played to. No one else turned up because we didn't promote it. Because yeah. at the time it was like, well, it's not our town. You know, the promoter will promote it. No, like. <laughs> it just doesn't work like that man there's this one gig man that that we played with um oh fuck i'm gonna i'm pro uh, I, i'm not 
You don't have to say names. You don't have to say any names. Yeah. There, there's a song. There is. <laughs> there's a song on um on our last album, Virgin Funk Mother. There is a song on there called Mega Piranha, and it <laughs> it's actually about this one particular guy who, in my head, represents this demographic of people that take to the internet and blame the world about how their band is not making it. Um, because this dude is the epitome of it. I can't, I can't obviously say his name, you know, he's, I'm sure he's a cool, he is a cool dude, but like, fuck man. Like he just, (laughs) he's in a band that plays like dated, dated metal, which we all grew up listening to, of course, but Mm -hmm. it's no different because there are, there are already bands that are still around today that were around in the eighties and nineties still doing it. So their fan base is already there. So it's very, very hard to make a name for yourself when you're playing music yeah. that big bands like Maiden and and Slayer and whoever else are playing, and you know, um, yeah. But yeah, that this dude just complains and complains and complains, and uh, that's what that's what that song's about. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, dude, I'm sure, you, sure you've seen, you know, you've met loads of people on that spectrum, few and far between. You know, it's like people, like you said, people will go on and be like, oh, the promoter didn't promote it or whatever, or but you, like you said, you've got to put the work in to get to these places. Like you made the mistake with that Nottingham show, not doing anything. And obviously you learned from that. And now you're like, right, we've got to promote the shit out of every show because it's there's nothing worse than traveling really far to play to an empty room. It's a waste of, I mean, it's a free practice. That's what I always say. Yeah. Oh, 100%, man. It's always an opportunity to practice. But it, it's like, I, I kind of learned that, and I know people say, look, they're a promoter. It's in the word. They need to promote. But kind of looking at it now from looking in from an outside perspective like well actually they booked they booked our band to play they gave us an opportunity but they gave an opportunity to a band that cannot sell out venues and that was Mm -hmm. us like we couldn't sell venues out especially in places like nottingham or bristol or places where we weren't from yeah so actually they've given us an opportunity and there's not really much else they can do because they're not booking bring me the horizon they're not booking slayer they're not booking muse you know they're booking some unknown band and saying you get to headline but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to sell some tickets you know so yeah yeah. it's a it's a tough game man it's it's tough i've got a few questions coming off of that actually we're uh, obviously gone off of download festival a little bit but sorry that's, that's no, my that's, fault no that's fine i was planning on talking about all this stuff if we had time anyway so it's uh it's good many years ago the the way to do things would would be to just get in a van and tour as much as you can you know some bands were touring on their own money off their own back for like 10 15 or or so years and then it got to a point where you had to guarantee your own fans um, or guarantee a certain amount of tickets to sell if people will book you and and like you said it's so hard to be to be booked in any venue at that point because you can't there's no way you can guarantee ticket sales the whole pay to play scheme yeah so what so what is the industry like at the moment how exactly can you get gigs around the country um well i assume you would know the answer you might not but um yeah can you go into a little bit about that at all um i think from from experience man it's like you have to hustle. You have to make yourself known to promoters. You have to make yourself known to other bands and build relationships with people. And then, you know, when the time comes, you can say, oh, hey, you guys are going out on tour. 
how would you feel about us coming out to join you on that leg of the tour? Or could we just support you at the London show? Because we could sell 50 or 100 tickets or whatever okay. for, for our for our hometown. And it's it's all about hustling, man. But we've also been in a position where a promoter will say, uh, God, where was it? The Barfly that used to be in, um, in Ca- or, uh, Chalk Farm or Camden, whatever you want to call it. We got booked for the Barfly on the basis that we sold... I think it started as 50 tickets. We had to sell 50 tickets. So we were like, cool, we'll, we'll do it. So this is actually the reason I didn't go to Sonosphere that year because I spent the whole weekend going around just selling tickets to people, saying, okay. look, we've got a show on Tuesday, the whatever it was of whenever. Buy a ticket, buy a ticket. So we, And then the boys came back from Sonosphere and they helped and we ended up selling like 100 or 120 tickets and it was great. But... The way I see that, the whole pay-to-play scheme, I know a lot of people complain about it, but I, it, I, I think it's, I think it's fair because you're being given an opportunity, a platform to show people your product, which is the music. You've been given a market mm. pitch to for for half an hour or forty minutes to to yeah. play your music and sell your product to people. So, you know, it, the same way that I don't know, fucking Richard Branson had his little stand. In, in a market in London before he was big, you got to pay for it, man. Pay yeah, for the pitch, yeah. and then you do the work and sell it. You know, it's up to you to sell it. Yeah, that's kind of how I've seen that. And, okay, and, but I, yeah. I, yeah, I think it still works like that now in in certain places. And obviously, you do get the opportunity to, if you've got that kind of money, to buy on to to tours with bigger bands and stuff. But yeah, I just think it's about who you know or making yourself known to other people and, and creating those opportunities for yourself. And if you have to pay to do it, so be it. You know, if yeah. put the work in to make your money back that you've paid to play the show. Yeah. I had I had one experience like that actually. Um when I was in a band and we, we played a, a gig with a big band and they said, right, there's three three people supporting, whoever sells the most tickets, subheadlines, etc. And um so I said to the guys well, why don't we put £20 in each and sell tickets £2 cheaper than everybody else? And it almost worked because we didn't have many fans at that <laughs> point, but we, we only sold about 10 less than the next. We, we, we were still bottom of the bottom, but um, we hadn't been going for very long. But uh, yeah, it kind it almost worked. How, when you say almost, what do you mean? Like you almost sold them all? Um, oh, no. So like I said, we were like about 10 tickets lower than the next person. But they had they'd been going a lot longer. They they had a lot bigger fan base than us. So yeah, it almost worked as in, as in like a lot of people bought from us that probably wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I like it though, man. Like you got to, it's cool. You you got to find ways to do it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. yeah. I did. I remember. I remember you, Lady. You sold me one of those tickets. I went. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember, that, I, remember that weekend. I went to London and he he made me go with him, and me and him were going around London just dropping tickets off to people. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> he took me to like all these random places in London. He's like, "Oh well, yeah, well come with me for the day. I got to drop these tickets." So we went to London, <laughs> and it was just me and him going around and him dropping tickets off at these random people's houses. <laughs> he really worked you his gotta, ass you, off. You, you got to do, yeah. do what you got to do, and then half the people that turned up were like, you know, they were like. 50 years old and didn't listen to metal and they're like, why am I here? They've just, they've just, they've just done their friend Adam a favor by just buying a ticket and turning up, but it worked. And then that, that increased 
the perception of the promoter by going, oh, okay, well, this this band have sold a lot. I might book him next time then. That'd mm. be cool. And then maybe next time they won't have to pay to play or, or whatever. I'll just yeah. book them because I know that they've got a guaranteed audience. That will come. Has the bar so, fly closed now? Yeah, man. They, Do I you know what? When it was, that but... was on my list of places I've always wanted to play. So now I'll never get oh, to play there. Yeah, yeah. it, it, it was a oh, such a good venue, man. I know. It was wicked. Same with the Astoria. I wish. Oh I my wish lord! I'd got a chance to play that, man. That was my favourite London venue. That and Hammersmith Same. Apollo, they're yeah. the, they're my two favourites. But Astoria was the one. I was gutted, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we've got to make room for the 2012 Olympic tunnels underneath." So they knocked down a fucking legendary <laughs> venue to do it. Fucking! Yeah. Dis- I was disgusted. It was horror. Let's not talk about that. It makes me too upset. <laughs> Mike, cr- Mike cry. Yeah, yeah. It's the best, the best venue. I got to see Dimebag in there, man. Like five months oh, before he died, two thousand four. Yeah, that was. Oh man, best venue, best venue, best gig. One of the best gigs, apart from Kiss, with you, Simon. Oh, download. <laughs> yeah, I've never yeah. seen someone genuinely leap in the air with excitement <laughs> when Kiss were playing. He literally went, yeah. You know, like in the movies where someone just jumps her up, right? He yes. actually did that for in real life. And nice. it wasn't an exaggeration. He was just so excited that kids were playing. What was that, that 2008? Was yeah, yeah, 2008. 2008. Yeah. They were like, oh, when was it? Right after, I think it was Judas Priest. It was right after Judas Priest, I, I yeah. think. Yeah. Oh, actually, that was, do you know what? I kick myself for this. That was the same year that, Incubus headlined. I think it was the next day, the Saturday that Incubus headlined, or maybe not. Oh yeah, they did. Headline. No, they were on the main they stage. They weren't headlining, but they were on the main stage. Oh okay, yeah, and and like I didn't bother going to see them because I wasn't into them then. Then a couple of years later, they became like my next favorite band, and I fucking love them now, man. And I dude, I, I watched it, so you must have been back at the tents. I remember starting, I remember seeing like the opening song or two to their set and I remember just going, ah, and I must have gone back to the camp or gone to get myself a, a toad in the hole or something, I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch it and I kicked myself about that because they're oh. just brilliant. I, d- I didn't watch Kiss that year. I I went and saw Simple Plan on the second stage instead. Oh my nice. Lord. <laughs> Did you just say that out loud? Yes. <laughs> It was awesome. Hey, do you know what? Do you know, it was it was such a small crowd because that's when it was on the concrete, wasn't it? And it was such a small, intimate crowd. I I did kind of regret not watching Kiss because I I could hear it from I could hear it like from where I was, and so many songs came on that I knew that I didn't know was Kiss or you know I didn't really think about. So uh, when I when they played the next time they came back, I went and watched them and mm-hmm. I knew barely any of their songs. <laughs> You missed out that year, Adam. Yeah. They were just, yeah. it was ridiculous. It was it so was good. So good. I mean, the the whole setup for that year was crap because of the long walk. Yeah. They moved it to that weird place before it went to where it is now. And But when you stayed in the arena, that kiss day was unbelievable. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. All right. So should we, should we um, bring this back to uh, the, the actual download that you, you played? Um because uh, so, I've got a fair few questions. Well, not loads, but um, I've got a few more questions. Is there anything else you can tell us about what it was like backstage other than the um, 
one, two little beer, uh, ciders and banana. <laughs> Apart from that, it was, uh, so the show went really well and, and stuff. And then afterwards we had to go straight to the um, press area because we had a couple of interviews hooked up. And after we did those, I went to like the the food area and I went to, I went to the catering section and I remember just sitting there eating. I can't remember what I was eating. I was just sitting there on my own. I always, I like to go off and have some kind of alone time, like always before and, and after a show as well, just for a little bit. And I remember just sitting there, just eating by myself. And I turned around and I'm pretty sure it was Monkey from Corn. He was just <laughs> sitting there eating potatoes. And I was like, <laughs> hey man. And then he was like, I can't remember. He was probably like, hey, or whatever. He, he said something. And then that was it. Like, I just turned back around and just carried on eating, just thinking, what what the fuck is going on? This is so weird. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that, was, that was funny. I bet that was a surreal moment for you. It was just weird. Like, this, this dude, like, from a band that... I was never huge, huge on Corn, but... Friends that that lo- absolutely loved them, and and Simon, you loved Corn as well, man. Like you were oh, well dude. into well, them. I mean, it's you? just they're just so influential. And the weird thing is, is like you were saying about being a character in a band. All of the members of that band you can pick out as individuals because they've all got character, which is why oh, they totally. sell to so many people. So you seeing him is it's crazy. You know, you how many years have you seen him in Kerrang or? seen the music videos or whatever and then before you know it you're just eating he's just there eating potatoes <laughs> yeah. yeah it was it was just the weirdest thing i'll tell you i'll tell you what actually jonathan davis is like the like we we played we played a show with him like a few years later um we got to support his his solo band in i think it was the garage in islington which obviously, like again, surreal for us. Like we were, we were the the opening band for him. But I remember going backstage, and we asked his security. We we're like, "Hey, do you mind if we just we just want to thank Jonathan for for having us on the bill and stuff? Do you mind if we have a word?" And he, his security, this huge guy, he was like, "One second. So he goes into <laughs> the um, he goes into the the dressing room and and brings Jonathan out. Jonathan Davis walks out and he's like half the size of all of us and he's like <laughs> he was like he was like hey man like he was the most timid like sweet like kind guy ever but he was so quiet and he was so shy and uh yeah again that was just really surreal I wasn't expecting that but um yeah, yeah I guess Sorry. everyone has their on stage persona but yeah. like you, yeah. you know, I know you're a massive introvert, so you're very different. Difference for frontman people when they see you on stage would think, "Oh, this guy's going to be the center of attention and the party and all that." And like him, you know, he's probably just an introvert like you, where you know you just like, "All right," you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, yeah. that's your just... personality. You've got to be a frontman, but as soon as you come off the stage, you're just you, in it, which is probably why it was so weird seeing him be like totally, timid man. and shit. Yeah, would- so funny. He was proper. He was just so nice. I was like, hey man, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really nice guy though. Really nice. Awesome. Did you get any kind of sound check at all? I don't I don't think so. Do you remember if we did, Simon? I was it just remember. a line check? I think the guys yeah. were just checking their guitars and they would ch- they checked his mic was working from what I remember, but I don't remember you guys actually playing anything. Like, mm, I remember yeah, I Sean banging on the drums just to make sure everything was sort of, I think he was just testing mics and that, but yeah. 
you you guys didn't get a proper they kind of just walked on and i'm guessing the sound engineer was just listening to see if the lines were working and then adjusted you guys when during the first yeah track, as, I'm guessing. as we played yeah I, yeah i think that was it just a line check oh, which kind of happens at most yeah. festivals anyway yeah mm. is there anything else significant you can think of that people might want to know about that happened up until the point before you went on stage anything else interesting um i don't think so i kind of think that was it it was it was yeah i think that was it just that there's very very surreal yeah. and nerve-wracking and exciting and and stuff but uh, but yeah like i said seeing seeing simon and the guys out there in the crowd like i know this sounds super like whatever the word is but honestly like the rest of the crowd disappeared and i was like just playing to my friends and it was just mm. it was just wicked man like seeing yeah. people because i'm sure simon got sick of it over the years all i'd ever say was <laughs> i'm gonna be in a band i'm gonna be in a band and i'm gonna play this and i'm gonna play that and they you know they're probably like adam shut the fuck up for you know for a minute and let's just have fun you know so, <laughs> no dude you, you, yeah. i always say it to you man I, i'm proud of all the stuff that you do because i know how hard you work on it and i knew that you know when me and you were making music together when we were like basically kids and we had so much fun doing it. I could tell that you already had such a passion for stuff like that. I knew, oh, I told you all the time, man, I knew you were going to get there eventually. You just had to find the right people to get there with. It wasn't that you, you just had to find the right people that, and I know, you know, you've dragged some people kicking and screaming <laughs> and they've had to go because if you don't do it his way, you you, you might as well not be there because you're going to have to work your ass off if you want to be part of one of his projects and hence why he has a movie he's played download yeah. and his band has two albums under their belt yeah and like twenty five thousand listeners on spotify do you know what i mean <laughs> oh thanks man you, you were always always very uh you always put up with my shit man you're always really supportive <laughs> and i appreciate it <laughs> But we, we, we both, we, yeah, you and me both. We always encourage each other. We have done for everything, you know. The, the me doing the music thing hasn't gone the same way as leader for the main reason of I haven't found the right people and I haven't worked my ass off like he has. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And he's always supportive of everything I do. You know, my band, Escape Crow Before, we supported In Search of Sun a couple of times. We played some gigs, man. We had a fantastic time. He was always thinking of me when I was in a band as well. He's always like, oh, do you want to play this show? Do you want to do this? Do that? So it's good. He, you know, he gets supported, but he also supports yeah. his friends and other people as well. So awesome. Well, the, the last question I had, which again, you've spoken about a little bit already was, okay, so you're on stage. Tell us all about that. What was it like? Like I said, you, you've spoken a little bit. Anything else you can add on top of what you've already said? Did you did you have like shaky legs or anything? Were you like shaking or were you nervous or like yeah? What was what was running? Did you have loads of? I'm guessing your adrenaline was probably through the roof. Yeah, the whole the whole thing just sort of went, and it was over. But thinking back to it, I the more I think back to it, the more I remember specific like journeys that I made across the stage or certain gestures I made to the sound guy, like you know, turn me up. You know, I, the more I think about it. The more I remember stuff from it, but I, yeah, at the time it just felt, I don't know, it's weird. I had this kind of, this sense of lightness to me and everything. And I had these butterflies the whole time, obviously. And, and seeing Simon and the guys out in the crowd, I was, I felt more confident, but I still had those butterflies and I just, I sort of felt like I was <laughs> like just floating, but using my legs to kind of, yeah, it was, 
it was a, it was a, a really really strange um feeling uh that yeah and it, you know even afterwards you know, i have to say it because it really meant the world to me like after that I, I didn't i didn't think things could get better but like i remember being it was when i was taking that time i think it was after the potatoes incident <laughs> like i remember <laughs> going to the the car park and i remember just going like kind of just trying to process what had just happened and i was like this is it. I was so happy, obviously, just walking around having a cigarette as well. I remember just going, wow, this is nuts. After the potatoes incident, I was walking around in, in the uh, car park and uh, I got a random phone call <clears throat> and it was from a very old friend of mine that I went to school with. And she basically called to say like how proud she was of me because she was obviously there in school when all I'd ever do was talk about you know, I want to play download. I want to be doing festivals. I want to be in a band. I want to do this. And I pissed everyone off and chewed all their ears off all the time with it. And, uh, yeah, it was really nice. And that, that was, that kind of put the icing on the cake. Cause like for someone that, that kind of knows how, how long this really goes back and like to, for it to be a dream to go, Hey, you know, I'm calling from, from 2003. I just want to let you know that I'm really proud of you because I remember how much you wanted it. So that was, it was just, it was just amazing, man. It was wicked. And yeah, I love my friends. Yeah. I love my friends. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, that was all of my questions. Did you have any more, Simon? No, that was it, really. I think we've, we've got loads of good stuff there, dude. You went into a lot of good detail about stuff. So yeah, yeah. that's, that's grand. Cool. Plenty there. Are we going to campsite fuckery it up? So Campsite Fuckery is a section dedicated to any funny or strange stories from Download Festival. If you have any stories that you'd like to share with us, then we'll read them out in this section. I will go over all of the ways you can reach out to us at the end of the show. Shall we start with you this week, Leader? Um, <laughs> well, okay, this isn't really Campsite Fuckery, but it was one of the, one of the funniest times that that I've had it was it was 2000 2009 I think it was which was the the year of the riots Simon I think it was was the year Louis came with us right was that 2009 yeah 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 and uh that was probably my favorite year that was just ridiculous there were riots there were fucking fires everywhere we started this this join the line chant and we had about (laughs) 500 people like behind us as we just marched around the campsite um we may or may not have you know joined in the the riots (laughs) may may or may not but you know we were just it was fucking crazy man i remember one of the funniest moments of that year was the (laughs) the the laughing gas (laughs) oh yeah the laughing gas (laughs) man that was and you know what it was for me i I, it (laughs) it was carter so have have you met it's another adam adam carter yeah. do you know him i know a adam carter uh, you don't know this adam carter okay, okay. <laughs> so another one so like simon's friend adam carter and like he used to hang around with all of us when simon lived back in in london a while back and he was he was also there that year he'd come with us every year and and it was we were all taking this laughing gas and i remember turning around and and carter just just his laugh is funny anyway because it's sort of like a <laughs> but, like, but like on the, the gas like he took the gas and just started going 
<laughs> and I just fucking lost it, man. I I just like I was I was almost throwing up because I I just couldn't stop laughing at him. Um, and then the, everyone else joined in because I don't know they were either laughing at him or they were la- they were laughing at me laughing at him, and it just turned into this huge. <laughs> just thing of laughter for like five I've got I've got the so, photos to prove it I've got the greatest photo of Leader <laughs> basically going down on the floor grabbing Carter looking up at him and you can just see he is dying he is oh, literally was, dying it, of laughter it was so funny man it was so it's, all, it's always little that's sp- spontaneity with 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 me and Simon, it's always the the littlest thing that. We're, that, we're, that we're it's almost setting you off again now, isn't it? Oh man, I just I just thinking of all of them. I, just so many times. <laughs> I love I love those moments where where one of you laughs and you're just laughing at each other, laughing, and you can't yeah. stop. Yeah, It's been a long yeah. time since I've had one of them. The best. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that year as well. The uh, so we filled we filled condoms with with baked beans and <laughs> throw it, throwing them across the campsite that was another thing as well we were bad um, at down though because i was telling <laughs> i was saying to adam last week about when my brother bondy was get, getting people's black bags from outside their tent and then lobbing them if someone left yeah. their shoes out if someone left their shoes outside their tent he'd grab their shoes and like whip them over into somewhere else into the campsite we were really bad back in the day man yeah. we'd done loads we, of stupid shit yeah, we were terrible. We were the wish. Louis, should Louis and Donald year, climbing, yeah. you know, like the big lights that they have around the festival that light it up, and they're on those bigger poles. Louis and Donald climbing up them to go to the top to try and get a better them view. Down and stuff, <laughs> tearing man. them down. Tearing them down. That year was just carnage. It was so, so good. There was about um, thirty. There was about thirty of us that year. That was the biggest group of people we've been with. That in 2010, I think we had the same amount. But that was, yeah. yeah, that that year was absolutely... I, the weird thing is about 2009, I've noticed that it's a lot of people's favourite download year. I think it's because the weather was good and the lineup was insane. So I think that has become one of the most popular... Like whenever you see, what's your favourite download year? You'll see a lot of 2009s in there. Okay. Just because it was it was just so yeah. insane. So, But for me, that's still to this day is my favorite download of all time yeah you know, do you know what the, the funny the thing one. is is that like the times like the 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 friendship stuff was the best thing yeah and and funnily enough for, for me like the, the funny thing is is that like that so that year down played and they're you know pantera is my favorite band in the whole world so down is you know obviously anything affiliated with phil anselmo is you know I, i'm i'm just a big fanboy so they played that year but as as amazing as that was, that was just the icing on the cake. Everything else was like the the times that we had in in two thousand and nine, the laughing gas, the, the all the fuckery that went on, the the yeah. riots, the fires. That was the best part of that year for me, not the yeah. music. Yeah, yeah, cool man. Uh, what about you, Simon? Well, I was just going to say, while Leader's here, I should probably talk about loads of stuff involving him because basically, me and Leader were tent buddies. Even when okay. I went with my cool. girlfriend, <laughs> I'd stay in the tent with Leader instead. <laughs> I was such a dick back in the day. 
Fair I, no, don't. I mean, I can't apologise for any of my past relationships. And if anyone's listening, I'm sorry. I, I've said this those times. I was a fucking knobhead boyfriend back in the day. But because <laughs> me and Lida had this sort of running thing, because we went together from 2007 to 2010, and then in 2016 as well. But we stayed in a tent every year together. And it was just fucking hilarious. We stayed in like the most tiny tent, just me and him. And then like, we were so poor... Me and I didn't have any money in like 2007, and my mum had brought us loads of snacks. Yeah, Lida, all the like, Lida, peanuts and sweets. Lida, there was and this stuff. bag of peanuts, right? I'm even telling you, I don't know how much salt intake we consumed that weekend, but we ate the entire bag, and it must have been like two kilos of fucking <laughs> <laughs> peanuts, and we were just like, because <laughs> we only Kept had the going, food. Man. Yeah, we only had the food that my mum had like basically got for us because yeah. we didn't have any money. <laughs> And we we used to have like we used to make so we wouldn't sleep next we would sleep next to each other but we'd put everything in the tent down the center yeah so I'd sleep on one side <laughs> and he would sleep on the other side and that was our little like arrangement oh it was so it was, it was great, so good man. yeah it was such a good thing going, going back to your girlfriend were you supposed to be staying in a tent with her or or, or did you just say look you can come but you've got to get your own tent because I'm in with Lida yeah you didn't just yeah. happen to. <laughs> fall into his tent at the end of the night it's like ah this this is where it's cozy this is she this even is... put money towards my ticket and i still made her stay in the tent with someone else because <laughs> it's, it's, it's that's what download is man like me and you will always shack up together man that's, yeah, that's yeah. if he is. comes no matter who who the girlfriend is or the wife or whoever <laughs> they, they're getting their own tent basically it's as simple as that. Nice. Oh, bless. But yeah, the amount of bless. stuff that came from that, obviously, just staying together the whole time. One of the best things I've seen him do, and the funniest, was um, he woke up in the morning. I think this might have been 2007 or 8, and everyone's brushing oh, their teeth. Seven, and um, So he, he he gets, he puts it on the, on his toothbrush, and he starts brushing his teeth, right? And he goes, oh, 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 oh sort of spitting it out. Yeah. And then realises he's put... Savlon on, <laughs> on the toothbrush instead of the toothpaste. That was the worst. That tasted so horrible, man. <laughs> I know a guy who um he woke up, he was really obviously drinking the night before, just really wanted some water, picked up this bottle, just started glugging it, and it was peach snaps. Oh, <laughs> Not good, man. Not good. No. When you're already hung over yeah. and just feel like shit. Yeah. Um, another thing, <laughs> Lida, can I talk about... I knew you'd bring that up. No, I won't. I won't. Okay, don't put this bit in the show. Talk about it next episode when he's not here and t- can't tell you not to. <laughs> I need to tell you about this. Let You know what? Let's not, let's not forget. And if, I don't know. I guess this comes under the fuckery side of things but let's lest we forget the year of niraj at oh, the niraj year yeah so 2008 niraj is like the most popular dude in harrow okay make no mistake he is the rock star of harrow he he's the local of the, the pub that we all used to go to called the junction he would always be there with a bottle of bex in hand every tuesday when when we would all go because it was pound a pint night yeah, nice. and niraj would be there He's like, he's just this dude that he, he always trying to start a band and be in a band and stuff. And like, he knows, 
he knows every he's a little bit autistic so like he knows every lyric to every song and every album by every single metal band in the world like yeah, he knows he he outdoes us on like our knowledge because he that's just his thing right yeah. and like he's the nicest dude ever but there was one one year where he he came to download with us oh it was and great. Uh, there was one there was this girl that came along called Becky, I think, the, the redhead. Oh, I think her Becca name was Becky. Or Becky, something like that, yeah. Becca, you're something like that. And she got so drunk that year. And that there was one night where she was like coming on to Niraj. And I did, do you remember, Simon? She was yeah, like, Yeah, he was sitting in the like, chair and she came and sat on yeah, him, I remember. Yeah, and then I remember just, just, it was sort of just happening. And we were like, Hey, oh, yeah, this is cool, you know, good for Niraj. And then. I remember turning back around just to kind of see what was happening and she was proper like in his face and like trying to kiss him and I remember him just going <laughs> like panicking about it and stuff and then and then she wet herself so everything oh stopped. Yeah. But, yeah yeah Susie was sleeping in the tent with her and they woke up in the morning and she her t-shirt was covered in piss because this girl had got in the tent with her slept and pissed everywhere <laughs> yeah Good times. Dude, there was, Good. <laughs> so literally, every time we do this bit on the podcast, I always think about new stuff or new stuff comes back to me. And it happens to both of us because we've been yeah. to so many downloads. It's hard to sort of separate. Then someone mm. says something and then that memory is like, it opens back up again and I can sort of remember it. So yeah, I, there's going to be so much stuff that I won't even be able to think of now. But in like six weeks time I'll, I'll think about all these things that I nearly yeah it just ra- randomly comes back doesn't it yeah yeah yeah. what about you Ad my story this week I know I know we say uh, any funny or strange stories but I, w- I wanted to go a bit more wholesome this week because um, I always said that the first the journey in and when you when you go to set your tents up is the most stressful time of the part of the weekend and it still is probably but it would always be such a ball lake to get your tents up and i've said before i always had quite a big tent and it was usually just me in there and so everybody would um like get their t- tent set up and then sit down and start drinking and you know it's a pain in the ass if there's not enough space you're trying to get people to move theirs over a little bit to uh, so you can fit yours in until one year um a guy a guy i know called sam speary he set his tent up and then started helping other people set their tents up and it just sort of it was just that sudden realizations like why have people not been doing this why have i not been doing that <laughs> so um you know it, it just oh, i i have so much respect for him I, I, he probably isn't going to listen to this but some people who know him might but yeah this was probably around 2009 something like that and it was just like yeah such a nice thing that he did and, and so i started doing it after it's like even if i didn't get my tent set up i would start helping p- other people set theirs up as well because it was like, why shouldn't you? You know, I just, I just used to get so pissed off with people who were just sat there drinking, and we had a mm. couple people one year who were just taking the piss out of you, like going, "Oh, what are you doing? That's not how you meant to do it," and it pissed me right off those those guys. But yeah, it's so stressful, and it's like it doesn't have yeah. to be stressful. You can you can help other people out. Do you know what? that goes into a good segue because you say about helping people set their tents up? One of my best friends in the entire world, Laura. I met her at Download, and the reason why we met is because me and my sister asked her and her mate if they needed a hand putting their tent up. Yeah. 
And awesome. I've known her now since 2006, and she's the reason why I got to move to Cheltenham. So okay, it's kind of weird yeah. that so you didn't that know happened. before down over No, the no, field. literally she these two girls. Yeah, we didn't know them. They were really. They looked like they were struggling with the tent. So me and my sister, we like we said we were just standing there drinking. I went, I went to her. They they're not having a good time with this. They they're not getting it. We watched them for about 10, 15 minutes, and yeah. they really weren't getting any further. <laughs> So we walked up and I was like, all right, girls, do um, do you need a hand by any chance? And they said, yeah. And then after that, we started drinking together. And then I've known her for like 16 years now. Yeah, nice. So that um, can, it can, it, you can get good things from helping other people, you know? Yeah. They were the best, man. The, the, the Gloucestershire girls, we called the them, didn't we? Like, girls, yeah. <laughs> every summer, like they, for, for a couple of years, they would, they would come down to London and, and stuff whenever Eric had... A free house, man, and yeah. then Laura would come down and just wicked, come to yeah, download. So yeah, it's it's good to make you can make good friends that way. But I agree yeah. with what you're saying. Yeah, you shouldn't just sit there, especially mug someone off while they're yeah. struggling to put the tent up. You don't. You could say, "Do you need a hand? I can hold that for you." You don't just go, "Ha That's not how you do it. Yeah, no, that, I didn't see that guy around for years. I've seen him quite a bit now for the last probably three, four months. But yeah, that was like over ten years ago as well. It's crazy. Be funny if he worked in a tent shop now, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I was going to ask because like we always had a big group. You said you had like usually had a big group. You had like thirty of you one year. Did you ever get that to start with, where people just set their own tent up and said, "Say I'm done. I'm going to start drinking." No. Yeah, I think that's what most people did, really. Yeah, I can believe it. it. Like yeah. you said, it's it's stressful because you want to get in, you want to make sure you get the space. But the problem with our group was. There were so many of us and so many tents. Yeah. We had to like rush in to get the biggest yeah. and space because we all wanted to be together. Yeah, and you have some somebody who picks the area and you're like, this is not big enough for all of us. Or it's only just mm. big enough, you know. And like I said, you have to get people to move around a little bit and they just sat there drinking and like, don't really care. Yeah. That was the anxiety. That, that was the most stressful part. The anxiety of going up on the Wednesday and being like, shit we've got to get there early enough so we can go to blue because it's all about blue camp yeah, we've got to go to yeah. blue camp we've got to get the biggest spot we've got to be near a burger stand we've got to be near the <laughs> entrance so that we can get to the the arena like that was the the most anxiety inducing part but yeah generally like i don't think many people really had problems with setting up in our group but, but we're mainly just everyone kind of set up and yeah started drinking the, well there was the, the one the, year one year we didn't get into blue was 2010 and and tw- 2007 man that was that was oh, orange yeah. camp do you remember orange camp yeah yeah and and the reason why i remember that so distinctly is ironically the set down on the monday morning when everyone was packing their tents away because most tents didn't come back and and there was one tent that J- <laughs> james this guy that came with us james he shat oh, no. in the tent <laughs> and i can't remember whose tent it was but he shat in the tent and uh, and then he or someone jumped on the tent and collapsed it and probably got feces on them <laughs> in, 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 the, in the process. Yeah. We good do not... Times, sound, this, this Doing this does not make shit us in any good yeah. light at all. We <laughs> no, were literally no. like... But I'll tell you what. Do you know why? Because we went there to just forget everything. It was like, you know, mob rules. It was like being in a place that's not inside real life. We could just go there and we would do literally whatever the fuck we wanted. We just didn't Anything care. Goes, we yeah. would just, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, we just, it didn't matter to us. We we were together. We were a big group of people. No one's going to say anything to us. So we're just going to fuck with everything. <laughs> yep. Cool. We have had our first 
story from a listener. Yes, um, awesome. Oh. Yeah, so um, from a guy I know, actually, Sean Sutton. He uh, he didn't send it in as such saying this should be on Campsite Fuckery, but it is an old story that I was involved in, so I thought I'm just going to add it to Campsite Fuckery. Um, so okay. he's, um, he said, uh, I had so many good times at the campsite. It was um, the year we brought to download free sugs, just parodying the free hugs people. And we'd, we'd oh, gather okay. around someone, shout free sugs, and then burst, burst into baggy trousers and skank a bit around them, just going around them. <laughs> free sugs. <laughs> anything goes, like that's the thing. Man. Yeah. It's just anything yeah, goes. Yeah. And he said, also, I still remember the guy having a piss and we all gathered around him. I don't remember that bit, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not doubting that it didn't happen. <laughs> but we, this did come up on our Facebook uh, just after we released the first episode, because the guy, the guy who invented this free sugs, James Britton, did comment, and and we were talking to him, weren't we, Simon? And I said, this guy yeah. invented free sugs, and um, it came up on my memories a few weeks back, and um, t- we were talking about it, and he said, oh yeah, next year I'm bringing free drugs. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> We've um, we also have had a correction from Sean as well in in the same sort of message oh, that he sent no. a, a, a correction oh no yeah no it's nothing major you know i said about uh we, we put all the balloons in his tent and he uh it was um he woke up when they were all in there it was actually yeah. at sonosphere because i think i said it was sean's birthday i remembered it being somebody's birthday who it wasn't usually at download so i did have a a, a feeling that it might have been sonosphere but it wasn't okay. sean's birthday at all anyway it was a guy called jesus who was <laughs> the guy who had the old oaks close sign that oh about that him. guy yeah, yeah okay cool yeah. sweet i do have some more stories about him i'm not going to say them in this episode they'll come up in future episodes okay. <laughs> all right sweet yeah save him man yeah cool so i think that brings us to the end of campsite fuckery before we close the show up leader are you gigging at the moment uh have you got any gigs lined up or well you said you've got some new music in the works that you can't really say too much about do you want to tell people where they can find you, whether it's you or the band? Um, yeah, so uh, Facebook uh, forward slash In Search of Sun Music, we're on there, uh, or I think it's at In Search of Sun on uh, Instagram, uh, or my personal one is Adam Leader One, I think, on Instagram. Uh, YouTube, In Search of Sun, all that shit, man. You know, just we're cool. we're, we're across most social media platforms and. Yeah, look look out. There's some some very cool things. And I, I can tell you right now, they are a hundred percent worth listening to. If you're listening oh. to this and you like good music, check out In Search of Sun. No joke. I I I did a few days ago actually. Yeah, and I I enjoyed it. There you go. Thanks, yeah. man. No, it was cool. Oh. <laughs> Simon, anything else you want to add? No, just to say, just to say, thanks to Ad really for coming on and enlightening us about some awesome stuff. Um, to do a download because we said we, you know, we always wanted to, you know, hit yours was one of the first names we said to each other about getting on because you've seen it from the other side, you know, from yeah. the inside. So it was just good to have your insight um, to those little things because we're hoping we can have, you know, eventually a few more people on as well and we can kind of get their side of it and see if it was any different to yours or you know if it yeah. if it changed over the years or if it got worse or got better and all that stuff so no it's just great to hear you know from someone as awesome and someone who's been there yeah definitely oh thanks man 
it's uh it's been a pleasure being being here and it's been nice to yeah it's just been nice to chat a breath of fresh air uh from the norm so yeah thank you for for having me on both of you no problem awesome yeah i know it's been yeah it's been very awesome i probably would have forgot to say thanks so thank you simon <laughs> always got my back with these things i've got one one sort of final thought that i wanted to add in before we we close up properly um i've listened to the the pre- most pre the previous episode a few times you know i had to edit it and everything and every time you talk about wearing the tightest jeans i just i just naturally let out a sigh i can't i can't help it i'm sorry man it's just (laughs) just like oh really jesus christ man (laughs) dude my jeans were so we were saying on the last episode my dude i was wearing size 10 women's jeans in 2006 my jeans were tiny, man. You couldn't move in those jeans. You struggled. But that's just the way it was. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> literally, bro. Tighter the jeans. The... Me and Eugene busting around Harrow, man, <laughs> thinking we're the coolest dudes in the world with horrible emo hair, both wearing makeup. We're wearing the tightest <laughs> jeans you've ever seen in your I life. Was, I was about, I was about to say Eugene, man. I was going to say if you were wearing size tens, Eugene was wearing size eights. <laughs> He always had me, man. He always outseemed me at that point. <laughs> oh my god. He was like yeah, he was like the scene kid with the yeah. chest piece and the tight jeans and everything. Oh god. I got a, ra- a random text from him the other day actually. <laughs> oh nice. Was he yeah. asking you to wear tight jeans? He was asking uh I think he was having a drink with Faz. Uh so Faz is our bass player, Adam. So um Eugene was having a drink with him. And he just sent me a picture saying Faz of Faz and Eugene said, Faz has agreed to do like an unscarred true hatred reunion (laughs) show. Those are our two early bands when we were like just first starting. Awesome. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, So, uh, yeah, let's let's, uh, close it up there. I just want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you for coming on, Leader. I want to thank Sean Sutton for reaching out with some stories and corrections for this episode, well, from the last episode. And a huge, huge thank you to Adam Leader for coming on to chat to us. Next week, we'll be talking about Bloodstock Open Air Festival. Ooh, baby! Yeah, you've already said, haven't you? You've got tickets for that. We'll also be having a couple of, couple more guests on who have played Bloodstock, so it'd be nice to lead into, lead from what it's like to play Download to what it's like to play Bloodstock, so that should be cool. And yeah, we should have a bit of a chat with them, which I am super excited about. And Simon and I will be going, not and I, why would I put and I? I'm not going to be going to it. Fucking dickhead. Um, Are you coming? No, I'm not not going. Um, Obviously, yeah, Simon will be going to it. So we'll be going over the, the festival, the lineup, anything else to do with Bloodstock, really. I can't wait. Buzzing, mate. Yeah. Awesome. Buzzing. Did I even say... I didn't even say who what the band were. So yeah, a couple of um, there are actually a couple of friends of mine from uh, the band Death by Kai who played last not last year, the most recent Bloodstock. Would have been twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. If you want to reach out to us uh, about anything you've heard on this episode, whether it's stories from camps like fuckery, uh, anything we've missed out from a particular topic, any corrections, feedback, or even suggestions for topics that you want to hear about, uh, here are the places you can find us. We're on Facebook as Dear Download Podcast, Twitter as the same, Dear Download Podcast. We're actually on Instagram. I put us on Instagram 
couple of days ago yeah. now, didn't I? Yeah. So yeah, you can find us on there with, with the same dear download podcast. For some reason, you can't put capitals. I don't like that. Um, and for some reason, you have to have really? underscores instead of spaces. Yeah. But um, yeah, you can't. I know you can't have a space, but I didn't know you couldn't have capital letters. Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't like it. It's horrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can email us at uh, dear download two thousand and three. That's two zero zero three at gmail.com and we're obviously still growing there's a couple of things that you can do to help us out telling your friends is by far the best thing that you can do for us or any other podcast Um, and liking sharing and interacting with us on social media uh, does so so much it really helps out immensely Um, and a huge thank you to those of you who have done it already i know i've asked this about three minutes ago but any final thoughts from either of you guys Never, ever, ever believe someone when they tell you that shaving your pubic hair will rid you of crab infestation. <laughs> okay? Okay. And also, also, I'm going to start a new podcast called Dear Upload, and it's going to be about <laughs> Upload Festival, which is essentially a, um, a campsite in the Cretaceous period where... Basically, all footage from Download Festival is uploaded to a giant screen surrounded by <laughs> Diplodoci <laughs> and, and pterodactyls. <laughs> and Simon is the sound guy. <laughs> and that's it, man. That's, look, that's it. Final thought of the day. Just That was oddly specific. Uh, have you yeah. been thinking oh, about that? Very good. <laughs> that, it doesn't sound like that just came to you in the middle of the... Trust me, you moment. don't know the things that go through I mean, this guy's came mind. came to my head about a minute ago, and I just thought, <laughs> I need to say that. So it'd be really funny. But yeah, upload, upload. Cool. Now, that was a suggestion for the name of this podcast, actually, from from my neighbour, just because just of oh. the irony of it. Oh, <laughs> Are they yeah. a dinosaur? No, he's not. <laughs> It's a pterodactyl. It's always flying over the house. (laughs) (laughs) Simon, do you normally have something good that I've missed out at this point? Anything else you want to say before we go? No, no, it's been it's been great. Well done. You're 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 a good host. Excellent, thank you. And it's been fantastic having Leader on. You know, a bit of banter as well. We always go off on tangents, and Leader's helped us with our (laughs) tangents this time. So. That's Sorry all good, but no, that. it's all great, man. It's all good. Yeah, we started off really quickly. We got to to the main main subject really quickly. I thought this was going to be a much shorter episode than normal. <laughs> We're at yeah, almost oh well. two hours again. <laughs> you know, but it's fine. It's been good. It's been really yeah. good. Thank you. Thank you again. Um, no problem. I'm going to have a sandwich actually, and I'm going to have a sandwich now. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah. all have a sandwich. Think, Everyone uh, have a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably probably yeah. time to go then. Uh, <laughs> Um, Are you going to have a sandwich, Adam? No, I'm not going to have a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will. I will. Simon, I, I forgot to ask you, where can people find you? Fonzie underscore Simon on Instagram. Um, and they can find me on YouTube as Simon Bond. I will be doing some Bloodstock stuff and a Bloodstock vlog as well. So we'll, awesome. we'll let everyone know when all that stuff happens. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, and uh, of course, any anything that's been said, I, I will link up in the uh, up in the show notes anyway. So that's bye bye from Adam. Much love, guys. Bye bye from Simon. This is weird doing three. <laughs> Goodbye all, and bye bye from me. Goodbye. <laughs>